Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. If you watched yesterday's In Presence segment, I talked about religion versus spirituality. So often, it just becomes a question of, can I say them fast enough to get through them? <laughs> so I can, uh, what, eat the meal or do whatever comes next with repetition. And when that happens, you lose the spirit in which these practices are supposed to be in getting. And uh, the main point I made at that time is that religious rituals and prayers and blessings can become mechanical. Say them. Well, then you're losing touch with the spirituality that's implied. Now, what I really want to get at is, and so often it just becomes a question of, can I say them fast enough to get through them? <laughs> so I can, uh, what, eat the meal or do whatever comes next. We, we don't really savor the moment. Well, or let me put it this way, because some people surely do savor the moment in a religious context, and that's where religion and spirituality come together. But in, in my view, if you're repeating the motions of the rituals, the prayers, and the blessings without experiencing the quality of that moment, the meaning of the words, as you important antidote to this kind of mechanical ritual religious practice is, in a word, novelty. Key important antidote to this kind of mechanical ritual religious practice is, in a word, novelty. Keeping things novel, doing things in a new way, in a different way, each time, uh, from a parapsychological point of view, we find that that is very important. When you keep the novelty of your experiments high, people do better. There's the beginner's luck effect, the first time effect. Uh, for example, one of the most successful parapsychology researchers of all time is Stephen Schwartz, who I've interviewed. And his magnificent expeditions in the field of applied parapsychology, particularly archaeological Egypt, to go out into the middle of the Sahara Desert and find buried villages under the sands or to find uh, buried treasures in the harbor of the city of Alexandria, the ancient city. Uh, I think one of the reasons Stephen has been expeditions, well, imagine how high the novelty is if he takes you down in a submarine to do remote viewing or brings you to Eden. So successful in these expeditions is that each project is so full of novelty. In fact, I recall him describing Hella Hammett, who has been a great remote viewer, but she went down in a submarine with him in one of these expeditions. He arranged so successful in these expeditions is that each project is so full of novelty. In fact, I recall him describing Hella Hammett, who has been a great remote viewer, but she went down in a submarine with him in one of these expeditions he arranged for it. It's described in great detail in uh, an earlier episode of New Thinking Aloud, to which I'm linking right now. If you look in the upper right-hand portion of your screen, you'll see it. But Hella was sick. She was seasick. She was practically vomiting. 
And yet, her remote viewing work on that occasion was at the same high standard that she's always shown. So, that's one example of how novelty is very important in psychic work. Now, some of you I know lean toward the conservative side in your politics, and that may mean, I'll tell you it's true of me, in fact, I often resist doing things in new and different ways. My wonderful spouse, Janelle, is always <laughs> and she finds that funny. She gets a good chuckle because she knows I'm going to come around eventually. I want to give you with, I love my existing habits. Why do I have to do something new and different? But it's good, it's healthy to get outside your comfort zone. If all you ever do is inside of your comfort zone, if that's your issue, as it is a bit with me, uh, then, well, your life gets closed in a bit. So, I'm very grateful for my wife, even though I often resist her suggestions at first. Remote viewing in the area of financial forecasting and sports wagering. And uh, he's come up with two important principles. Another example of the importance of novelty in parapsychology, and that is the important work being done by my friend Marty Rosenblatt, who runs an organization called the Applied Precognition Project. And what he has people doing, quite specifically, is using remote viewing in the area of financial forecasting and sports wagering. And uh, he's come up with two important principles that have enabled him to achieve, basically, over a decade period and hundreds of trials, a 60% hit rate on these wagers and speculations when you'd only expect 50% by chance. Now, the two principles that he invokes to achieve this success rate is, number one, don't make large wagers or speculations so that you get emotionally excited if you win or emotionally dejected if your uh, trial is a failure. After all, if you have a 60% hit rate, 40% of your trials will be failures and you don't want to lose large amounts of money. And if you make large amounts of money, you run the risk of becoming what uh, one psychic once referred to as the goose that laid the golden egg. And if that goes to your head, again, the strong emotions will interfere with psychic functioning. But the other key to the uh, successful work that Marty Rosenblatt engages in is novelty. He is a group of, I don't know, 200, 300 people working on these applied psi projects, but he breaks them down into small groups, half a dozen to a dozen people in each of the small groups, and they get to decide week by week what protocols they are going to use. So, if they feel like changing the protocol, which they often do because they're very experimental, they're free to do that. He just keeps the statistics overall on their hit rate. So, that kind of freedom to constantly change things around is very important. I did a uh, another interview with Charlie Tart, who was one of my professors when I was a uh, graduate student in parapsychology at Berkeley. And back then, he had achieved a lot of prominence with his work on learning to use ESP. 
Uh, but the main point of that research, which he describes in another interview with me, to which I am linking, is that if you keep repeating the same kind of test over and over and over, as the early parapsychologists have done with their card guessing experiments and uh, computerized DSP testing, you get what's known as a decline effect, which might be the same thing as kind of the mechanical repetition that occurs in religions when you keep repeating the same ritual. Now, let me conclude this monologue today with just one story I got from my wife, Janelle, who is a management consultant trainer, and she's worked with a company that has trained large corporations all over the world. And one part of their training is actually to encourage people to try things in new ways. They say, for example, wear your watch on the other hand, or if you're entering your home, go in through a different door. Little things like that. Get out of bed on the other side of your bed. See what those changes will do for your life. And they tell an interesting story because on one occasion, a woman raised her hand in a seminar and, and said, well, what if you only have one door? And the fellow said, well, go in through a window. And she said, well, what, what if you live on the second floor? And the fellow said, get a ladder. Of course, he was joking in, in a way. But later on, this same woman reported back to the company and she said, I tried what you suggested. I went and I got a ladder. I had to climb in through the second story window of my house. She said, and about a half hour later, there was a knock on the door. And when I answered it, because this was in England, it was a London Bobby who asked me, is everything okay? And I said, yes, of course. Why? And he said, well, we thought somebody, we had a report, somebody was breaking into your apartment. And she said, oh, no, that was just me. I was in a seminar. They suggested I do things differently. And uh, the Bobby said, well, how interesting. You know, I'm about to get off work. I'm about to head over to the pub down the street. Would you like to come and have a pint with me? And so she did. She was an airline stewardess. She went and had a beer with the Bobby who had knocked on her door. And would you know it, several months later, they got married. So that goes to show you what might happen if you change some of your routines and habits. I'll leave you to ponder that thought. And once again, thank you for being with me.